0: Welcome to a new episode of The Lee Show. I'm your host, Lee Bressler. I got a lot of good feedback about the last episode in which we did a deep dive into a potential conflict with China and what that could look like. And it's scary stuff. It really is scary to think about. I have to imagine that it's what our parents contemplated during the height of the Cold War with the Soviet Union. When on Friday afternoons, they would leave school and they'd say, see you on Monday, if there is a Monday. Speaking of scary things, you know, I was flipping through Netflix, and it occurs to me that we are living in the golden age of TV shows about serial killers. Netflix has made an entire cottage industry of these TV shows. And there are there's also a separate industry of these idiotic podcasts, that talk about serial killers and debate whether or not they're they're guilty. I listened to that show Serial when it first came out the podcast. It was so boring. The storytelling was terrible. It was drawn out for no reason. As I listened to it all I could think was who cares if this guy did it? But we have all these TV shows. We don't really have serial killers anymore. Like I I guess maybe they happen every once in a while. But it's pretty rare now. I'm curious, how come? They seem to be everywhere in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, even in the 80s. So what changed? And I'll I'll share a few theories here that they're speculative, but I'll share a few ideas. Number one, maybe these serial killers had sexual motives. But the proliferation of free pornography on the internet, the destigmatizing of a lot of sexual preferences that were previously considered fetishes or exotic or taboo, that has probably made it a lot easier to not have to hide these urges. And so it's a lot easier to just rub one out on Pornhub than it is to have to rape and kill and eat a young boy. Second theory, also speculative, there are cameras everywhere. There's DNA evidence. There's there's so many ways that you can get caught. You can't get away with this stuff anymore. So instead of drawing it out over multiple years and finding your victims one at a time, those same knuckleheads probably the same same group who would have previously become serial killers instead they become these incel mass shooters like that idiot in parkland or sandy hook or las vegas or the movie theater in colorado i mean the list goes on these fuckwits decide to shoot up a room full of helpless people instead of drawing it out over multiple years and picking their victims one at a time but what kind of fucking moron does something like that? Like what are you what are you hoping to achieve? It seems so peculiar to me. And I guess the third speculative theory is that there are fewer easy victims. Like I have this perception that there used to be just people hitchhiking everywhere and there used to be a lot more runaways and so it was a lot easier to find these young people who had no power And that were a lot easier to kill. And no one would notice that they were missing. So maybe that contributed to it. So now Netflix is making TV shows about Ed Gain or Ted Bundy or the Unabomber. And some of these shows are very entertaining to watch. The Manhunt show about the Unabomber. That was great. That was really excellent. I I can do without the dumb podcasts. You'll probably say that about my podcast. So enough of these dumb podcasts trying to manipulate us. You know what else is trying to manipulate us that drives me nuts? The public health authorities in the United States have spent the better part of the past year trying to deceive us. And it's it's driving me nuts. Since the start of COVID-19 in the US, call it March of 2020, you've had the CDC, the FDA, all of these state level agencies and bureaucracies and they have they've tried to appear knowledgeable but they knew nothing they they have misled us they have created arbitrary policies that were grounded in nothing it i have to imagine this was an attempt to just look like we are in control we know what we're doing we're taking action but they they screwed up They did a terrible job. And so I want to talk about how badly they did, but also how they were aided and abetted by the news media, by social media companies, by experts, the epidemiologists who advise the politicians. I think all of these groups have shown that they are incompetent, that they are dishonest, And as we have more news about this Delta variant that's in the headlines, we have new policies now about mask mandates for those who have already been vaccinated. That's just another example of the nonsense. And I'm sick of it. So first, the quote experts, because I think we have to lay blame with them. They overstated their confidence. They overstated their knowledge. This title, epidemiologist, it makes you sound qualified. But what we've seen is that an epidemiologist is just some dude who is enthusiastic about math, but not smart enough to get a job as a mathematician or as a hedge fund researcher at you know at a quant fund. And so they build these models that all they demonstrate is that you have some basic understanding of Microsoft Excel and like some intro level stats class. But it's not that sophisticated. Now I'm. I'm not uncharitable. These circumstances were wild. It's unprecedented in in our lifetime, certainly. And I don't expect that these individuals or these organizations are always going to have the right answer. It's okay for them to just say, "This is new. Holy shit, we don't know what to do." No, there's got to be something more than that. They've had time to prepare. It's their job to be prepared for a disease outbreak. But it's okay to say, hey, we're figuring this out. This is gonna be fast moving and it's evolving and we're gonna try some stuff. You know, I've, I've talked before about how I believe that sincerity is a highly underrated driver of behavior. But it's the greatest way to earn trust. When you can just be honest about what you know and don't know, you will earn the trust of people because you're not trying to bullshit them. I think credentialism in general took a big hit over the past year and a half. The epidemiologists, the bureaucrats, the scientists, they've been wrong repeatedly. And all the while they've been waving their degrees around telling anyone who disagrees with them, trust science. This isn't science. This is logic. This is statistics at best. And I think the key realization has been that just about anyone can understand the data and perform the analysis. Now that's, that's different from making a vaccine. That's real science, but epidemiology is not science. It's logic. And so I have to imagine that we are entering a period in which public intellectuals, I I don't know, maybe there's a better term for it will have a much higher degree of influence on medical topics than they used to i think the degrees the credentials the expertise have all been devalued everyone from dr fauci on down has misused data they've they've shown some false level of confidence and they have lost the trust of the american people first they told us covid's not a big deal don't worry Boy, were they wrong about that. Then they said, don't wear masks. They don't do anything. But we know they've admitted they were just lying to us so that people wouldn't go buy masks. Last year, the FDA took a foolishly long time to approve the vaccines for emergency use. That was just for emergency use. They still haven't approved them for general use. I don't know why. I can't imagine a medical trial in which there are more people who have tried something in this kind of period of time how much more data could they need and the the policies have been nuts it's it's arbitrary it's capricious it's banning things in one state that are working perfectly fine in another state it doesn't make any sense and the politicians it's kind of interesting because the 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 bad rap over covid has fallen on certain politicians. The Republicans have taken a big hit. Donald Trump took a big hit. But arguably, over the past 18 months, there is no one individual who has done more to promote and accelerate COVID vaccines than Donald Trump. Like him or not, he was the key in making Operation Warp Speed a reality. He got his vaccine publicly. He's encouraged people to do it multiple times. Probably the greatest achievement of his presidency. And the Republicans have been absolutely blasted in the press for not supporting vaccines. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Like you can go through a list of very senior Republicans one by one, and you'll see they got their shots. They posted the selfies on their Twitter feeds and on their Instagrams of them getting it. And they've I mean, vaccine distribution has been successful in 27 Republican run states. You know, Michael Tracy wrote an excellent article about the politicization of these vaccines last week, and he made a few interesting points. One is that if you watch the TV news, they trot out these public health experts who are really just political pundits that are masking their, their politics with some sort of credential and, and objectivity. We know that those credentials are worthless. The second point is that there is this, this narrative that's being portrayed that Republicans are a bunch of vaccine denialists, but really, and Michael Tracy makes this point, really, this is the Marjorie Taylor Greene effect. Where you have the nuttiest Republican take on this hyper exaggerated role in the media's mind and in the mind of people. And then they say, that woman represents everybody. And it consumes a huge amount of attention and airtime. It's entertaining. She's a nut. For sure, she has engaged in this idiotic vaccine rejectionist talk, right? She's a nut. She's the one who talks about the Jews with the space lasers. But is she a more influential politician than Donald Trump? Does she have more day to day control over vaccine distribution than every Republican governor that has successfully managed a vaccine distribution program? I think there is this desire by those on the left to try to maintain this coercive cultural control over those that they perceive as their inferiors that they use these these policies that were based on a public health quote emergency but at some point it stops being an emergency and it starts to be just a way of seeming and feeling smarter than the next guy and the media has completely aided and abetted this bamboozling they they have found that there is this media machine that thrives on fear mongering, on panic porn. It is infotainment for profit. And that's fine. It's a business. But then they don't deserve our trust. They hype one headline after the next. They did it for four years during the Trump administration, and they continue to do it it's every publication it's the new york times it's the washington post it's cnn it's also those on the right it's fox news and newsmax and all those other bullshit publications they're doing the same thing they're relying on clickbait to drive headlines to drive revenues they hire hack writers who publish hack things that are con- going to collect views without saying anything meaningful The New York Times tweeted something the other day that was nuts. It said that vaccinated people were just as contagious with the Delta variant as those who were unvaccinated. That's nonsense. The only reason you would tweet something like that is to whip people into a frenzy, to create an emotional response and sell advertisements. But you lose trust when you do it. Even the Biden administration found this to be shocking and tweeted immediately about how this was so dishonest. I don't understand how the social media companies can suspend people for saying things that defy a certain narrative, but not suspend the New York Times for a tweet like that. The social media companies have been just as complicit in supporting this disaster narrative as the traditional media. If you posted anything on Facebook or on Twitter that went against the mainstream narrative, you were banned, suspended, you were shunned. This effort to combat, quote, misinformation has been so ham-handed and disastrous. And the people deciding what is misinformation are either partisan or stupid and, and the, the goalposts that they put in place are continuously moving. I don't understand when it becomes okay to say that COVID probably came from a lab leak in China, because at some point that changed. When do these things change? Now a quick word from our sponsor. It's time for a quick word from our sponsor. I love podcasts. You love podcasts. Osama bin Laden loved podcasts, I think. He was a big true crime buff. And I published the Lee show using Anchor. I think it's a great service. I tested out a number of options. This was clearly the best. They have great sound quality. It's the same company. Anchor is made by the same company that created the weapons that cause Havana syndrome. How cool is that? And it's owned by Spotify as part of their... Quest to destroy Neil Young. Anchor provides the tools that let you record and edit from your phone, from your computer. I record my audio, I upload it, and distribute it to all the major podcasting platforms. It's very easy. They'll get you on Spotify, they'll get you on Apple Podcasts, all the leading players, and you can make big bucks. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The social media companies. Have implemented these rules arbitrarily and inappropriately. If you ask me, this just highlights that the rules should not exist. Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg and their minions should not be deciding what is, quote, misinformation. They're just not enlightened enough to do it well. So instead, we end up with the opinions of Twitter employees deciding who is allowed to see what. That means that Twitter is exercising editorial decisions. It is not a neutral platform. They're deciding who is allowed to say what. Why is that any different than a newspaper that says what they're going to publish? And if they are not a neutral platform, then they do not deserve the protections that they receive under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. The latest bout of hysteria about this Delta variant is just absurd. The burden of this, as we know, falls almost completely on those who have not been vaccinated. The threat to children is almost zero, regardless of vaccination status. It is even closer to actually zero for those who are vaccinated if you are a vaccinated adult, there is almost no risk to you. The Associated Press did an analysis a couple months ago. They found that 99% of COVID deaths were among the unvaccinated. So what's the risk that there's this long COVID that's serious enough to change the cost-benefit analysis? Most of the research on this long COVID has been very flawed. And we know that vaccines stop almost all hospitalizations and deaths. So is it possible that you could get this chronic condition that's not been conclusively established as a meaningful problem yet? I don't know. I'm skeptical. The New York Post ran a cover illustration that illustrates this very well. It it showed that of the 164 million, I think, people who have been vaccinated in the U.S., there are about 35,000 of these breakthrough infections per week. That means that the vaccine gives you a 99.98% level of protection against getting COVID. In other words, the odds of getting COVID after you've been vaccinated are about once in 100 years. And if you do count, catch the virus, the odds that you end up very sick and in a hospital are about one seventh of that. If you do get very sick, the odds that you end up dying are one fifth of that amount. Even then, we know that this is the obese and the elderly that are still at risk. A good number of them die of other things, but happen to have. COVID as a comorbidity. In other words, if you're a reasonably fit 36-year-old man, you probably don't need to worry here. In fact, I know you don't need to worry here. So all of these new policies forcing people to wear masks indoors, it's performative. You want to say trust the science, so trust the fucking science. But what I know that we cannot trust are the leaders of the state the country and the administrative authorities that have been tasked with handling public health i am sick of being lied to of watching policy get made by the incompetent and the corrupt they have manipulated data they have spun the the, the news to try to whip the country into a frenzy and they've done it with a generous assistance from the mainstream media and the social media companies. There is a reason we do not elect epidemiologists to make policy. We elect politicians based on their values and their beliefs. And they are informed by a variety of people who have different levels of credibility. We trust them to choose good advisors. But when we cede control to these experts, when we politicize everything that they say, we end up with bad outcomes. This latest bout of the Delta variant, it's very sad for those who have contracted it. But my sympathy is limited for those who choose not to get the shot and then suffer the consequences. We don't need to re-implement statewide or national mask mandates. We don't need to shut down restaurants. We don't need to shut down theaters. We need the country and the economy to return to normal and to stop pandering to fear. Because this panic has been driven by lies, and it's time to stop listening to them. Thank you for listening to me, though. You can find me on Twitter at Bresler Nation. You can find my writing on Substack. Remember that I depend on your support. Please recommend this podcast to your friends, to your colleagues, word of mouth is essential. You can sign up as a supporter on Anchor, and we'll be back with more soon.